This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The Wednesday Week Podcast. A strictly unbiased view on Sheffield Wednesday. The world's greatest football club. Hello, good evening and welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Week, the fourth best rated uh, podcast, uh, fourth behind the third who is someone else. So that's nice, isn't it? So uh, here we are, we're back. Older, bigger, better is something we say to Sheffield United fans. So uh, with me tonight, I've got uh, I've got Dave, I've got Stevie and I've got Ben. Uh, we're going to talk about football. We're going to talk about Sheffield Wednesday and we're going to talk about everything in between, if anything, because, you know, the, the season's literally only about four days old. Now, Ben, I'm going to come to you first. It's the first game of the season, the much maligned uh, 2021 season. Uh, it was a bit of a damp squib. It was disjointed. It was broken. Football was away. And then we came back and then we got relegated. So in no way Sheffield Wednesday are going to reward us with a dour game, right? Oh, we did. We, 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 <laughs> we managed it. We were all right, weren't we? We were, we? It were just all right. It were good up until last third. And then it just didn't make much, did we? Except Bannon doing it all himself and if it had been on his left foot it's a goal isn't it that but it were on his right so it won't um steve were you encouraged you're a you're a defender like i am or oh i was you know what i mean i'm, I'm a bit too yeah, long in the two now to be uh, to be claiming to be a player anymore um were you encouraged by the defensive display i mean i mean i, I we haven't conceded a goal in these two games that, that we've played in in terms of competitive games um, that's really encouraging, right? I thought I offer fantastic. No, I'd agree with you. I thought uh, defensively, um, we, we look spot on the back five keeper and the back four look absolutely tight as. Um, I know that obviously in a game like that, uh, first game in front of crowds, uh, people are going to try and get behind the team, and it was a really good atmosphere from what I saw on the TV. Um, that's going to get their their sort of tails up, and Charlton are no mugs by any way, shape, or form. Um, I thought we defended really well. Um, yeah, they, they had a couple of opportunities, but they were effectively half chances. Um, I can't remember 
Uh, Peacock Powell having a, a hell of a lot to do, but I agree with you. I thought Iofa was brilliant. I think Hutch, solid. I think the back, the, the fullbacks look steady away. I'm sure we'll talk about Palmer a little bit later on and Hunt. Um, I, I, I never felt like we were under the cosh necessarily. I think I'd, I'd agree with Ben and say we were good in the back, at, at the back. We were steady in midfield. I think it's just that final third that we need to sort out, to be honest with you. Absolutely. And, and I think it's clear that we're probably missing Windass. However, Dave, um, the... Uh, in order to or, in order to injure somebody in the stature of of Callum Patterson, I tell you, I've el- I've elbowed some hairy geezers over over the over the years playing Sunday League football. But in, you know, how big is this stockly lad? And how how do you how do you injure Callum Patterson? I I think you've got to just have the mentality like if you wanted to run through a brick wall and just run at it as hard as you can, and chances are the wall won't give way. But <laughs> we stockly that. I think it seems unfortunate. I would say it was completely and utterly innocuous. When when you look at it back, Patterson hit the ground like a ton of bricks. So I think, you know, we all feared the worst. And when there was something like seven or eight minutes of injury time, you're thinking, oh, God, I know know Patterson hasn't been making too many people too happy with how he's been performing, but we couldn't really be doing without him at the moment. I thought uh, when Canberry came on, he's a long way off the pace at the moment. I think he'll potentially add something to us and it's it's as well that we've got Gregory as an option, albeit Patterson now looks like it was just a one-game thing and hopefully it's not going to be uh, keeping him out of the team. Um, but like the, the other fellas, I think that game looked toothless up front. I wasn't hugely surprised by that uh, with the personnel that we had, um, but it was more important I think that we put in a, a reasonably solid performance that the defensive unit played well, which they did. Uh, and we didn't look um, like uh, we were going to be too fragile and we were going to be easily scored against. So I think that result that we had, if that had been, if we'd have been mid-table sort of December time and you go away to Charlton in December and get a point away from home, you're calling that a good result. So I think we need to call it what it is, which is one of the toughest grounds and games we'll play this season and a reasonable performance and a reasonable result. I think the thing to, to bear in mind there, if you look at the, the running that Charlton went on since Adkins has come in, they've, they've won five, drawn four and only lost one. You know, that, that that's promotion form near enough. They, since he's come in there, they've been absolutely brilliant. They've only lost out on, on the playoffs on the last day of the season by one goal that I think, um, was it Shadipo scored for Oxford? Um, and that kept him down there. So, you know, it's, I think in the in the grand scheme of things, that point away at Charlton might prove to be, you know, a, a very good one. Absolutely, I, I was gonna. I was gonna say this actually. I, like, I feel that um, that you know, Charlton are a year ahead of us in League One, uh, and let's be fair, they've got a bit of an axe to grind with us because we got caught cheating a year later, uh, and and it ended up sending them down. You know what I mean? So they they they've got a bit of a rivalry with us now, apparently. Now, now Ben, like you know, that that was a good result, and and I think you know, do you feel like we'll look back on it and go, do you know what, that weren't too shabby. Yeah, I think that that's more the case, as in that we will look back on it and think, yeah, that's a that's a good point away at Charlton because I think they're going to be. Either my, I don't think they were very good, so on that basis, I don't think we've got anything to fear going forward. But you know, they're still probably going to be top six, top eight, and we're coming away disappointed that we've not created more and not not gone on and won the game. And we've, look, we've, we've I'm sure we'll mention this, but we've made twelve signings. It's gonna take, it's gonna take a few games in it for it's. It is a completely new team. Yes, we've still got the spine of it the same. You know, I offer Bannon, 
Windass and Patterson went when the back, but there's so many, so many new players that need to be, have the time to gel. And for me, I think the signings still look positive, even off the the basis of the couple of games that I've seen them play. Jaden Brown looked all right, and he, he's playing out of position. He's not a left winger, he, and he's playing quite high as well. Not just yeah. a, a left midfielder playing as left winger, and he's he's only a left back. I mean. Looking at that front three, Andre Green, Brown, and and Patterson or Canberry up front, is that going to be the strongest three over the course of the season? No, I don't. Andre Green's probably the only one now that I've been disappointed with, to be honest. Do you uh, do you feel like we're missing Windass a little bit? Yes, like there were the one chance Canberry had to break through in the second half. You know, it just broke to him. And if that's Windass, he's going to bear down on goal and get a shot on target. Canberry, as Dave said, yeah, he's probably off the pace a bit. But I don't think he's the quickest. I think he's he's going to work hard. I think he gives us more than what Patterson gave us in the last couple. A few good touches, held the ball all right now and then. I think he'll he'll grow into it as he gets more game time. To be honest, but yeah, I think. Windass is going to be a big, big player, especially if we get him tied down to another contract, as per the rumours in the last couple of days. And you've got Lee Gregory to come in as well, who is hopefully going to be someone that's going to get 15 or so. Well, you've got to I, hope that we see, see with bringing in Windass, if that new contract is now being spoke about, which seems to be the first time it's mentioned, I think it looks like a time has been quite clever. You know, perhaps it would have been more reluctant when we didn't have this. 10, 12 new players through the door. But now we've got these new players coming through the door. It looks like Bannon's staying. It looks like Iofa's staying at least till January. From Windass's point of view, he's probably thinking, well, I could sign a new contract, turn a few more quid. And if things aren't going right, I can still maybe have an agreement to go in January or end of season. So it's good. it should be win-win. We've spoke before about Bannon. I think last week you guys were speaking about Bannon signing his new contract. And we were just genuinely thinking it was just so that we had some money. Um, maybe it's going to be the same sort of thing with Windass. It's, you can earn some more money, stay with us, uh, and if it doesn't work out, you know we'll we'll look to see if we can get you back up to the championship later on in the year. But uh, I think it'd be really positive if we can get it, and hopefully now is the time to to persuade him into the 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 team uh, that Moore's building and the positivity around the club. It, that we're it, does, it, it does seem that it's a group that with Ban with the players like Bannon. I offer Windass that shouldn't really be in this division. Even they're sort of buying into it with Darren Moore that we're get we're going back up first time. Not to be overconfident and cocky, but that's the sort of thing that it's either that or yes, they will be going. But for now, they seem fully committed to to do everything they can to get us back up straight away. Now, Steve, you you're a you're a football coach yourself, and. Uh... And, and, and I've d- done it before and all the rest of it. And I believe that team atmosphere is massive. You know what I mean? If, if the lads are enjoying themselves, playing together and all the rest of it, 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 it becomes huge. It can really impact the, uh, the entire thing. Um, now, this is going to sound mental, but I, I, I want you to, I want you to, and, and all of you, you know what I mean? Now, Bannon and Windass, yeah, they, they both play for clubs that have, been relegated yeah and, and Windass has now done it twice because that was he not playing for Wigan when they were having an absolutely back-end season now the pair of them from what you see sometimes on the pitch now bear in mind I, I'm completely making this up and I just wanted to you know put it out as a question do you feel 
that their attitude and their desire to win can sometimes come across as abrasiveness and it can really affect the confidence of a player. Do you know what I mean? Now, bear in mind, in terms of results on the pitch, it's not gone well for these two players. But as daft it sounds for, for us as Sheffield Wednesday, football gifted-wise, they're, they're right up there, Bannon, being by far at the top. Um, do you feel that they might have contributed to this negative attitude around the, around the club or am I just speculating for the point of it? Um, I can see where you get that speculation from. Um, I always, the, the, the stuff about Bannon that's come out about him being quite an, a, an abrasive player and a, a, a spiky character in and around the place always reminds me of the, um, obviously it's not on the same level, but the whole, you know, the last dance Michael Jordan stuff where he's holding people to another sort of level, a different sort of accountability, if you like, in terms of their ability. Um, if you're on that downward spiral and things aren't going for you, as they haven't been because of everything that's been going on off the pitch, uh, issues around the management, issues around uh, payment, issues around what's going on with the point deduction and, you know, the, the, the mess that the club was apparently in last year, I think that obviously is going to be a bigger factor to me. Um, I think Bannon uh, being part of it, for me, I think the, the fact that he's nailed his colours to the mast and has said that he's here, uh, I don't think that Bannon's here now as somebody who could potentially be sold. I think he's too old. Um, I think he's a lifer. I think he'll stay. I think if we don't get up first time, I think he's, a, he's on a mission now to, to get the club back to where it needs to be. He's probably got two, three years left. Um, and it I think... Rough like that. It come across like that from Saturday. It really, it really does. I, I really do think that. And I know that there are there, there's the whole, um, he's settled down, he's happy in Sheffield, he's getting married, he's got his family, he's, he's got roots here that are away from from football. He's the kind of, the, the that, that Chris Waddle type who's not necessarily from Sheffield, but will, you know, he'll, he'll get his roots into Sheffield and he'll stay. I think 10, 15 years time, Bannon will still be here in Sheffield, whether he's, coaching, managing, whatever he's doing elsewhere, you know, his base is now where where he is. Um, I, I think the, the Windass thing, in terms of a contract, uh, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit cynical, a bit sceptical, but what do contracts mean nowadays? Um, you know, he's signed that with a view to sign a, a slightly improved contract and we'll get you up. We've got longer terms. He's probably going to get paid out on that contract if somebody comes in for him. It's a no-brainer for me if, if, if some... If, Sheffield Wednesday are going to stick a contract on the table. If I'm Josh Windass, I'm going to sign it because if I have a good season, um, score 15, 20 goals, when, if, if and when I get fit, somebody's going to come in and say, right, we'll pay whatever million pound for him. Um, Wednesday, get the money. Um, in the meantime, he's on a better wage. Um, with all due respect to Windass, and I'm not saying he's that kind of person, but I think we've seen it with, with the likes of Grealish recently. It doesn't matter where you, you, you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's doing a job and he's getting paid. Um, with the best will in the world as fans, we want him to stay. But ultimately, if, for argument's sake, I don't know, uh, Middlesbrough came in and said, we'll double your wage, he's going to go. That's, that's going to happen. So he's in a shop window. I'd say the same with Iolfa as well. Um, I think the key thing going forwards in terms of contracts and in terms of getting those personalities, we've got to try and get those people that are, you know, the good players. And I, and I spoke at the back end of last season about Galvin. He was the one that's, that sort of stuck out for me. We don't want another situation where we've got a Liam Shaw or an Uruguidi that are, are going to let the contracts run down. We're going to let them go for peanuts. We need to be looking after that sort of youth element and the, 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 the people that are going to be potentially profitable to the club. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Dave, do you feel that there is a, a, a better positive atmosphere around the club. I, I definitely feel it as a fan. 
that we're all mm-hmm. quite excited. And it's nice to be one of the top dogs every now and again, going in, going, we're one of the big clubs in here, lads. You know what I mean? I, I kind of, that's nice. And, and there seems to be, uh, Chan Siri seems to have made a few more um, decisions in terms mm-hmm. of galvanising a bit of defence from the fans and all the, and, and the rest of it compared to last season and the season before. Um, mm. Do you feel that it's there with the players? Uh, you know what I mean? Because I, personally speaking, I feel like, you know, we're all getting caught up on it, but I feel like it might mm. be a bit too early to tell with that lot. It's hard to say. I mean, you and I are the furthest away from the city, but I, I agree with you. I, I'm picking up on positivity, whether it's from, from the rest of the guys in the group or from social media or just building together in your head what you're seeing developing at S6 when you're seeing players coming in. And I, I totally agree. And, and for me, the, 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 the this most seismic shift is each one of these players that's came in that's uh, been brought in by Wednesday. And admittedly, I don't know a lot of them or the ones that I have heard of, I don't know a great deal about them. But every single one has that feeling of it's a coach's decision. It, they feel like footballing decisions. They are the sort of players you can imagine somebody like Moore has been keeping tabs on for weeks, months, potentially years. And they don't feel like uh, franchise players or people that are affiliated in any way um, to any advisors. And that's a big, big change for, for Chan Siri. And perhaps it's him eventually deciding to have faith again in a coach because I think he who shall not be named has burnt a lot of trust in... Um, football coaches to chance here when he's brought somebody in, when he's treated him correctly, treated him um, for family circumstances and then to be um, shafted at a business level six months later, I think probably did hurt and probably affected chance series pride uh, for doing that and thinking, you know, maybe thinking he should have known better, but it feels now like he's put trust in more, more um, seems to have got the trust of the players that he's had. That's why the, better players that we would have wanted to have kept keep have, have stayed. That's then created the right kind of players coming into the club. It's also then hopefully like Stevie's just touched on your players like your Galvins and so on. If they're seeing the star players staying, talking the right, saying the right things. And I think Bannon's probably the best example from a quote that he was reported to have said at the end of last season with the club being in the right state. And now he's talking very positive. If if he's been shown this this future, whether it's from Moore, whether it's from uh, Chancery, whether it's just right across the board that they have this this ethos, this this mentality, this positivity, and saying right, well, people are going to look to you, so let's 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 lead from the front. Let's get as, as front players, as star players, saying the right things, feeling the right way, and it's not just lip service. It is a genuine positivity that's coming from within, and I think when you see that. And that's what it appears to be from the outside, whether that's good PR or it's genuine. That then starts coming outwards from the club. And and even the more cynical fans will start to say, well, we're getting players at the right age. We're getting them to the right price. They're looking like the right sort of players. So, And also what's starting to look like as well, and again, it's based on what I'm being told about positions. We're buying players that look like they're going to give us that balance across the park. We've got that young boy Gibson in. Left-sided centre-half can play left-back. We've got right-sided centre-half who can play right-back. We've got the options for four at the back and five at the back. We've got taller players up front. We've got quicker players. We've got width. We've got pace. We've got creative players. We've got... You know, you could be Darren Moore and set your team up how you want to play and pick the right personnel to play in that as opposed to, oh, we'll stick Joey Pelipesi in and we'll see what we can do with him. You can pick... You can make your team fit the opposition that you're playing. And that that's good because then we can we can then dictate 
a narrative for our season. I think the Lewis Gibson signing is going to be crucial. I think it's gone under the radar because of when we've announced it on the gate, you know, like morning of the game, and we've sort of patched it, we've missed over it a bit. But I noticed it. I mean, I noticed it, noticed it against Huddersfield, but especially against Charlton, that as, as solid as Liam Palmer is at left back, he's right footed. As solid as Hutchinson is on left side at centre half, he's right footed. And it, it, it felt like it hindered us a bit against Charlton that Palmer naturally forever trying to come inside on his right foot and Jaden Brown's making making great runs in behind and it's Palmer can't whip it down line because he's he's just not he's not left footed, it's not gonna happen. So at, at least to have one left footed, whether it's at left back or left centre half. And I think Lewis Gibson's gonna be gonna be key for that because from what I've heard about him he's is a ball playing centre half, someone who, who can spray spray a pass. So I, I think that's a sign in that while it's gone under the radar, I think we'll really pick up on that as the season goes on. So let me tell you where I've got this from, right? This is why I wanted to talk about this positivity and atmosphere around the club and all the rest of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna sidewind you now. I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter. Now, I need to say this right from the start. It could be absolute nonsense, could be made up. Right. But I just saw it on Twitter and, and, and you start in your head placing things in the right area to uh, to make it work. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, a major mine at uh, Stokey uh, on, on Twitter, um, he was mentioning that uh, Sam Hodges should be the captain and uh, and, and user uh, LJ Whitehouse, number 10, LJ Whitehouse 10. Decided, and he went spot on. Once again, Bannon has never been captain material. Uh, lady year, I assume it means last year, when a captain was needed to give me, when a captain was needed to give a round of fucks and get the lads going, he went into hiding and was never seen for a good 45 minutes. I heard a right belt of a story for, from him from QPR last, last season. And, you, and you, all of a sudden now your popcorn's out, isn't it? You know what I mean? So, so Stokey's pressed him and he's gone, well, don't leave me in suspense. Tell me what's gone off. And this is the story I've heard. Now, again, I'm going to reiterate, could be absolute nonsense. Do you know what I mean? It could be something that people make up to justify something. You know, like uh, the Americans couldn't get their head around around why Freddie Mercury didn't have dental procedures. Uh, so they just made up this entire story about him not wanting to uh, manipulate his chamber for his singing. But that's absolute nonsense. It's just the way the Americans... Manipulate his chamber? Yeah, yeah. So apparently he's got this large chamber... And uh, and he didn't want to manipulate it, you know, and it because he might lose his singing voice. Uh, obviously, the Americans not knowing that your singing voice doesn't come from this bit in your mouth. Do you know what I mean? So they just made up the story because they couldn't get their head around it. So, and this is what this is. So this is what he came back with. He went so after after the game. This is obviously QPR last season. After the game, he spat his dummy out and said, "That's it, we're down." Tom Lee's piped up saying, "How can you say that? You're supposed to be the effing captain." What example is that setting? Cue a big bust up with Tom Lee's adding, I lost the captain's armband to you and this is your attitude, right? Um, and, he, and, he, and then he goes on to say, a fair few players got involved and a few had to be separated from each other. Now, is that bollocks? I, I can't see Tom Lee's ever swearing. I think he's <laughs> oh, no. Bush. He um, smiles nowadays. I, yeah, no, this, I know he does. He's, he's really, really happy about being left out at club. It's like when you see your mum or your dad cry. It don't look right. Tom Lee's smiling, does it? But mm. it's... I, I don't see... We, we know that, that we know that Bannon 
through the dugout in that game because no, that, that's the QPR game where it, he with a Wildsmith one. Uh, exactly, gave Wildsmith it. So we oh, do right, know okay, that- yes, it was okay. So in my head now, right? So if I had a bollocks, bollocksometer, I'd be down here now going, it's sort of bollocks. You've been persuaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's that game. Because again, it'd be one of the things that people make up to justify something. So it's here right now. Yeah. Now, yeah. carry on. I know that it's just Tom Lee's never swore in his life because he yeah. blushed too much. And if he said, I lost a captaincy to you, if it said through tears, he said, I lost a captaincy to you, then I would have believed it. But there was no mention of Tom Lee's sad, sad, smiley tears. To be fair, Dave, I was paraphrasing that, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the, the grammar is dreadful. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it might have wanted to say through gritted teeth or, or through, as Tom Lee's fought back the emotion. He just yeah. he had to say through. I mean, See, we're you, back that way now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, what whether, do you whether, it's, whether it's bollocks or not, I don't actually mind that from both sides. <laughs> I don't mind it. Bannon's been honest. Lee's has gone back at him. And I don't mind them having a bust a pinch in the room, but as long as there's a right reaction, and obviously they weren't, they weren't down. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get right. So, so where, where I'm getting at, right? And Bannon, and, and you know, in, in customer service, they always teach you to come at it from their point of view, don't they? And you know, and then you can really understand how it's going and all the rest of it. And I feel that Bannon's what perceived attitude and fiery nature uh, comes out from a desire to win. You know what I mean? And he's not winning. He's not going his way. So he's going to scream. It's like a cornered animal. And I kind of like that. You know what I mean? But now we're in this world of wokeness and this world of of uh, people getting offended and all the rest of it. And sometimes justifiably so. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not dismissing wokeness as a, as a culture. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, people are different now. And the way people process things are different now. So, so Steve, you've got this young, young lad grew up in working class Scotland and then and then in Birmingham and all the oh, might have grown up in working class Birmingham but he's definitely working class that's the uh, you know that's that's the crux of the matter and he would he would have been brought up in a certain way and all the rest of it you know um like do you reckon that that had a detriment effect on players like for example Adam Reach last season who who you know who has the perception of you know the the Atletico men's version of Patrick Bamford who drinks frothy coffees um you know what if, if if that story is has got a semblance of truth in it, like Ben, I'm I'm, I'm all right with it. But I take your point. Um, you people, and this is no disrespect, and I know that there have been issues with or alleged issues with um, Adam Reach's mental health, or you know certain other people. But the flip side of that, we, we've also had over the, the the duration of the last seven eight years, we've had a lot of players that have been sat on bloated contracts that have you know wanted the feet rubbed, their belly tickled, and everything else. By God, um, they've not done the job um, and we could list them. You know, Forestier got his head turned in 2016, was never the same player again. Jordan Rhodes, we talked about last week, uh, fraud, fraud, fraud and Rhodes or whatever we were calling him. Terrible. Um, you know, Adam Reach might be under different circumstances. Um, one of those players that would have not necessarily chucked his toys out of the pram, that he might have been a player that needs an arm rather than a, a roasting. Um, and if Bannon can only give the roasting, then that will affect will have affected him. What, whatever has happened has happened. Um, I think staying up, I know we go back to last season, staying up would have papered over the cracks, wouldn't it? You know, we, we, we weren't in a good, we weren't in a good state as a club. Um, if we'd have stayed up, chance here, he would have probably turned around and gone, everything I'm doing, is all right. We've got away with one, and let's carry on on the train that we're on. But I think the one thing we can all agree on is we've over we've overhauled the squad with loan players, with um, free agent signings, with minimal sort of cost in terms of an outgoing. 
we, we've stripped the wage bill right back. Um, ben might be able, and I don't want to put him on the spot, might be able to attest to the fact that I think the finances are in, in a much healthier position than people seem to think they are. I'm um, not having it. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday having healthy finances. I'm down here with that one. The bollocks <laughs> of it, Terry. <laughs> I, I think I think that's just common sense because we've cut wage bill that much. I mean, roads, reach, Westwood, Lees. It, it's it's common sense that then we've brought people in at, for, for nothing, yeah, and they're all going to be on average contracts. What between between five and ten majority? You'd maybe think. maybe not even that much, but. Yeah. So so what we're saying then on the back of that rumor, and again I will reiterate, all this is allegedly. Even if it was true, we don't matter. I'm all right with it because at least someone's grabbed it by the bollocks. I'm all right with it. We, no, nobody wants to go down, do they? I don't want to. And I would. I was gutted when we went down. Um, I cursed Dunkley, and I think D- Dunkley's one of those that we talked about. People flying under the radar for different circumstances, like this Gibson. Um, Dunkley's never pulled any trees up for me, but I think he's had enough injury issues for us to to, to maybe say we've not necessarily had. Um, a proper look at him and he's not had a run or anything like that but I don't think more necessarily fancies him but that, that last game of the season I cursed him from pillar to post for three days after he gave that penalty away because it was an absolute shocker but you know blue sky thinking if if in a year's time we, we go up whether that be sixth and winning the playoffs whether we steamroll the league whether we, we scrape second place if we're a championship side next year um, I, I, I'd take this year to be honest with you. you. You've got to be philosophical. I think. I think that's. The, I think that's right. It's what we'll we'll know more as the season goes on. So like, the analogy you can think of, see, like if you've got a car that fails an MOT, you never get it through. You just go. Do you know something? It's time I got rid of that and it just started started afresh rather than limping through season after season. And even if you look at Derby as an example, look at the problems that they're going through. Would that have been us? If we'd have stayed up rather than I them. think it was us. I think we're the same. Hmm? I, I I don't think I, you know. I think if you look down in it, it it's it's very similar. Well, you know, unfortunately for Wickham, we went down. They didn't. You know what I mean? And 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 and, and Steve's right. There's an opportunity there to go. You know, you do get some teams that go going down was great for us because we got a lot of. And I'm sorry to use this phrase because it's so trope. Uh, dead wood. Do you know what I mean? But I wouldn't. I wouldn't refer to players like Adam Reach as dead wood. You know, uh, I think what it did was get rid of these players that were on, as you say, Steve, bloated contracts, phoning it in, and uh, and that's that's essentially what we had. Um, so yeah, so yeah, if, if this room is true, I, I'm all right with it. However, the greatest moment of my life was uh, last season was literally Barry Bannon going for fuck's sake when uh, <laughs> when Wildsworth gets stood on his near post. Absolute, absolute beauty. Um, okay, so I'm going to move on. Um, we're talking about last season. We're talking about players. We're talking about contracts. Now, the there is a heavy rumor in social media right now. Now, Steve, I'm going to come to you last because I bet you're gearing up for a tear up here. Uh, <laughs> Dave, I'll come. I'll come to you first. Um, so, Liam Palmer uh, has been linked with Nottingham Forest. Now, us and Nottingham Forest over the last 50 years have, are a very similar sized club, very similar type of club. Uh, we've, we've shared a good few players over the years, most recently Tud Guy, and I can remember Jemson and, and uh, Mikel Antonio, you know what I mean? We, we, we really have got a, a bit of a kinship 
with uh, with Nottingham Forest. I don't really have a, an axe to grind with them, and and, and they've had some similar issues. But you know, Liam Palmer as a, as a player for us, I personally believe might be a decent player in in League One or, or one of the above average players in League One. And I'm uh, I'm gutted that he didn't get a play for Scotland in the Euros, even though he was very much part of that team that got them to to their first tournament in 23 years. I mean, you know, in talking in terms of price tag and what you feel about it, Dave, what, what are you saying? Right. At the risk of upsetting Stevie, um, if he has one year left on his contract, Palmer, and if we get offered anything in six figures for him, I would sell him because we have hold on to too many players for too long. It's not in any particular detriment to how Palmer's played. It's not in any particular detriment to how useful it'll be for the season going forward. But that list of players that we've just spoke of that we lost for nothing... Um, I don't suspect Palmer's on a massive wage, but we've got to try. If we're going to stop buying old players and let them go for nothing, and we're going to have a different mentality to the club and buy younger players and develop them and move them on, I think this could be the beginning of Chancery learning that you move players on at the right time for the right reasons. I think we have sufficient cover at left back with um, uh, Brown and with Gibson and with Galvin, who are all proper left-sided players, which is where Palmer's playing right now. I think Hunt's been signed to be the first choice right back. So I don't. So if you're unless you're keeping Palmer as cover at left and right back, and you've got the option to get him off the off the wages and earn six figures for him, I would move him on. Okay. Right, Steve's making notes now, right, frantically making mental notes. Go on, Ben. Um, similar, really. I think I saw a tweet earlier from J- James Whaley, Wednesday final right foot mirror or whatever. He summed it up quite well for me. He said, let me get up because it was really good. He said, let me get up because otherwise I'll sit wrong. While, uh, while, while Ben searches for that, welcome to the Wednesday week. My name is Dan Fudge. I'm joined by Stevie, uh, Ben and Dave. And we're sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. <laughs> so the tweet was... Has it deleted it? Uh, it probably has. It's probably said some nonsense. But we've got... Can you paraphrase it for so us? It, Go on. it basically said... Um, oh, hang on. Well, this is some great yeah, radio, so stay, stay tuned here, kids, for some more insights into Sheffield Wednesday. It says, some absolutely wild takes on Liam Palmer from both sides. Good pro, yes. Good servant, 100%. But would it be Paul McCartney leaving the Beatles? Absolutely not. And that's about what I think, to be honest. Okay. Okay. I'd keep him unless Price is absolutely right. And then, you know, if you let but him... what's go, absolutely right for a 29-year-old, 30-year-old with one year left in his contract? Probably half a million six hundred grand for me. Okay, let's uh, let, let's talk about it. So, the in terms of League One signings and you know prices and how much it costs and all the rest of it, we signed arguably one of the top five players of our last League One promotion campaign in Chris Lines uh, for fifty thousand pounds. Do you know what I mean? That's what players cost at that level. I, I believe that us asking for a million, you know, you're right, Dave, if somebody came in with a million, yeah, snap their hand off. Is a League One Liam Palmer worth a million pounds? I don't believe it. I think 500K is a is a sensible amount of money. Um, I would be, and I know that sentiment doesn't really come into this in terms of football dealings and all the rest of it. I'd be gutted for a player of his quality at a certain level to 
to go. Uh, you know, because I, th- I think he, in League One, he has a potential to be one of the top, top players in that league. The, the problem, and I love the guy. I, I absolutely think he's one of the top geezers. And especially when he said, what was it, Stealth Costa, found that hilarious, whatever it was. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I feel that we've signed players to replace him. And I would hate to see somebody, a Sheffield lad, Who's, who's, who's worked for us for so long and came under some absolute pelters and come through the other side and become a better player. I'd hate to see him sat there on the bench biding his time once again like he was 10 years ago. Um, so there, there's money there to be had. And I think, I think you're right, Dave. I think this is a, this is a start of him, start of him, start a chance here learning in terms of getting players signed up so he can then make some money if they do want to move on. But I'm a bit... I'm a, you know, I, I'm, I'm just like the Paul McCartney uh, quote. Like I'm a bit, well, you know, whatever. We'll just, get, you know, get, we'll get another scout stoner in. Like, don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> um, go on then, Steve. Give us, give us a final say on Liam Palmer. Um, I'm not saying he's our version of Paul McCartney by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna get, to use your phrase, Dan. I'm gonna get pelters for this. Um, I don't think Hunt is significantly better. Than Palmer, um, uh, Palmer is younger than Hunt. You know, we've, we've, we've signed Jack Hunt based on um, a player that we could afford to let go, by the way, and retain Palmer because Palmer might have offered a little bit more. Um, Hunt. The thing with Jack Hunt is he's, he's steady away, all right. But you know, I think he will get more. What's the word? He he'll he'll get more of a sort of he'll get more freedom or he'll get more sort of good grace if he makes a mistake or drops a bollock than Liam Palmer will. Liam Palmer's always going to be front of the line in our starting 11. If he starts, if there's a mistake to be made and Liam Palmer makes it, he's going to get absolute massive. He's going to get absolute heaps. Whereas if anybody else makes a mistake, it's a, depending on the player it'll be, it's all right. And it won't be on the same level. Um, I've said time and again, um, Liam Palmer in the past has been less than, good shall we say but over the last two three years I've never seen him play and be less than anything you know he's never been less than a six um, he's never going to be an eight um, we're never going to have teams that are going to be eight 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 week in week out we're just not going to do that because the reality is we're a league one team um, I would keep him um, or let me rephrase that I wouldn't force him out the door for all the reasons that you've said Dan he's a Sheffield lad he's come through with us he's been with us through thick and thin and I think to establish a, a fabric around the place. I think we need players like Liam Palmer that have been homegrown um, 10, 15 years time. Um, he might be a player that if he stays with the club will be somebody going into a coaching role and people might roll their eyes at that and say it's it's something that's absolutely ridiculous and pie in the sky. But let's make no mistake about it. Chris Wilder wasn't a world beater, has proven to be an absolutely fantastic manager at Sheffield United. Um, why can't we have a player that comes up, born and bred, supports the club, stays with us through thick and thin, goes and cuts his his teeth at, you know, whether that be a youth team, whether that be um, lower league club or even non-league, and then comes back and says, right, I'm going to give it a go. And, you know, I always envied the, the, the groundswell that Sheffield United had when he came in and they did, you know, they had five years that were absolutely fantastic. Why can't we set ourselves up to be in that sort of situation where we've got one of our own that we're chanting about in 10, 15 years' time? Oh, wow. 
So we can't argue with that, can we? we, we so we he, he's going to be the new Glee Bullen, Chris Wilder, then, or, or as a potential he's, to be? He's not a Bullen, is he? Because with all due respect to Lee Bullen, I, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have played with Bullen a, a couple of months ago. Lee Bullen's a fantastic person. Um, who's but he's he's got the club at his heart. But Liam Palmer's born and bred. He's born and bred Sheffield Wednesday. He will literally bleed blue and white, and I I, I think he gets absolute heaps, and I, I, I don't understand why. Um, he's he's not the worst player that we've had in the last two three years. Um, one or two people have said on social media uh, today. Um, some of our more esteemed sort of press sort of colleagues have turned around and said, "You look at the last four or five managers that we've had. He's been in that first team squad consistently. Whether that be Carvail, whether it be Steve Bruce, whether it be Lukai, uh, whether it be Monk, it doesn't matter the the, the caliber of manager that we've had. They've fallen out with certain players, but the one player or the two players that they always seem to stick with have been Barry Bannon and uh, Liam Palmer. Would it would it be out would it be out of turn though to say that what you've said for Liam Palmer's prospective future, which was beautifully well put, and I totally get everything of that. Yeah, have you been practicing not, that? Steve? It doesn't doesn't necessarily mean down. That's that where we're right. Doesn't mean he can't necessarily go and play for Nottingham Forest for two seasons, though, does it? I mean, the, the, that future you've mapped out for him, you can't take away everything he's done at Wednesday up to this point, and I don't think it's necessarily. Uh, it doesn't require him to see it right through to his retiring day as a Wednesday player for him to carry forward all those things that you've said. So I don't, whilst I agree with what you've said, and that would be great for his future, I don't necessarily think that he has to play for one club and a loan spot Trammy when he was a boy. I, I, I totally accept that. I'm, you know, I, I agree. I just don't, I don't get the groundswell of let's get him off the books. Or it, it, And I'm not saying that there is a groundswell. I don't understand that sort of ill feeling towards Palmer as a person towards Palmer as a player, um, to strip it all back and do almost a 180, if you like. If somebody's going to come in and go, right, I'll give you 500 grand for, for Liam Palmer and, and Darren Moore's got a plan where, you know, we can spread that 500 grand across um, an investment in a youth setup or anything, because we're not going to get a great deal for 500,000 pounds with all due respect, if that makes sense. We're not going to, we're not going to turn any heads and get a, a 25 goal a season player in for 500. 10 Chris Lines. <laughs> I, get 10 Chris <laughs> I don't know where we're going to play him because Luongo do not look like he's going to play much this year and he was our best player before he got injured last year um, but at the end of the day if you know if we can get a, a decent return and he's happy to go I would wish him well and he wouldn't be a Jordan Rhodes that I've born to the pitch when he comes back like I said he's he's a Sheffield lad or you know he's from the area supports the club um, if it makes sense for him to go and he has to go then so be it but if he, you know, I don't see the massive difference between him and Hunt. Um, he's not a left back. I think he's doing a job, but, you know, that that goes to speak to his, his versatility. I still think there's potentially, you know, a role to be to be had further forward, uh, potentially as a holding midfielder, if that be, if that was something that we needed to have. Um, as you've said, Dan, he's, he's been proven all right, not taking the piss, but he's only playing, only playing for Scotland, but he's an international footballer. You know, how many international footballers have we got? And we can talk about the fact that, you know, Scotland aren't producing world-class players, but then, you know, their squad on paper isn't actually that bad. And he's been yeah. part of it. Went he's been turning, he's been turned out against Premier League winning, uh, alongside yeah. Premier League winning Andy Robertson. You've got McTominay in there. You know what I mean? He, there's some, there's some talent in there. Like you, John McGinn. I mean, he, what an outstanding footballer he is. Do you know what I mean? There's, you know, he's he's a, he's in good company there, and us getting down, us is getting relegated, got him out of that squad, and and I'm gutted for him. I'm gutted we couldn't repay him. You know what I mean? But you know, you know, you know, to to finalise this up, Steve, 
Do you remember back in the, I want to say early to mid 90s, and David James was the big up and coming goalkeeper at the time. Now I'm showing my age here. Sorry, Ben. And now, now Ben, I'm going to tell you a story. You mm-hmm. sit, you sit comfy. Now, when David James used to come out for corners, right? He used to miss him. Uh, he used to, he used to get called Calamity James in the in the press, and he couldn't he couldn't come out and claim a ball. He wasn't very good at it. He'd, he'd flap at it, and he and he used to get absolute pelters in the press about it. He'd get dogs abuse, and um, and then fast forward about ten years, he's the England number one. He was winning trophies with, trophies with Portsmouth. Do you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, he had an absolute resurgence in terms of his career, albeit quite late on in his career, because as daft as it sounds, he was binned out at Liverpool, first opportunity they got. Um, now, every time there was a any kind of goalkeeping error, now bear in mind, there's going to be a lot of goalkeeping. Every time there's a goalkeeping error, calamity, James is back. And that gag went on in the press for, God, it must have been 15 years. I bet he was sick of reading it. And he turned into a very, very capable it, and some would argue world-class goalkeeper. Um, and But people can't seem to forget that tag. And do you feel it's the same with Liam Palmer in terms of that perception of that player, that because he was a bit of an idiot kid who'd lose his head a bit about eight, nine years ago, who's was just enthusiastic, you know, he's, he's got the shirt on he's always wanted to wear. Do you feel that we we tar him with that brush? I think, I think quite possibly. Um, you know, I would be interested to hear anybody's sort of viewpoints and opinions on when Liam Palmer had an absolute stinker last that, that cost us a game. I'll fight anybody. Steve's like, yeah, I'll fight anybody. You tell me when he's played. Tell me when he's played shit then. Tell me when he's played shit then. Tell me when <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine, you know. I can't go in. In in a urinal, like, you know what I mean? In the yeah. toilets, and someone's slagging him off and you just going, oh, tell me when he played shit then. Tell me, tell me when he was at direct, uh, you know, when, when it was his direct issue that, that, that led to a goal. Tell me, tell me any shit. And everybody stood there with the, with the, with the balls and cock and balls out. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, depending on whether you get your balls out as well when you're having a week. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know your preference. I mean, I've, I've stood next to some geese who'll pull it down like schoolboys. Anyway, right, Ben. Sit down, wheeze at nightclub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit down, wheeze at nightclub. Ben, who we've been linked to in the press? Uh, who, who's, who's coming? Because I tell you what, if there's not a signing every day on Twitter, I'm not interested anymore. There's been two days without one. That out, bloody hell. More out. Chancery out. Hey, what do you mean we've not signed anybody? (laughs) Well, it was Dave that that first saw this one, and it's uh, Silasau. Silasau? Is that not a cleaning product? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, advertised by Barry Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I know nothing about him. I don't expect any of... And he will do it all. I think David watched his. his I've watched his show. I've watched his show real. Well, we've watched his show real. He's going to be a right. world beater. Go on, Dave. Tell no, us how right. So, so he needs to get um, Adam Reach's agent to sort out his show real because in a two-minute show real, I can tell you now categorically, he can pass a ball with his right foot five yards, uh, and Dutch keepers are crap. That's all I can tell you. Um, he's got two assists and three goals uh, in 2019-2020. Um, so, yeah, sign him up. <laughs> I love that you remember the stats and everything. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I lo- this I this is Ben's I- job. I'm cutting Ben's grass right now. I was going to so. say, Ben, what the bloody hell you've been doing? You've had your hair cut. You've lost, you're like Samson in the Bible. Like, you know what I mean? You've lost all, <laughs> lost all bloody hills. Uh, like, so, uh, surely, Dave, there must be a concern about signing a player called Sal. Yeah. Um, Sal and uh, a pink kit is sounding a little bit like we're. we're, we're leaving himself open, but we're also after Paul Bacon and uh, Thomas Sausages, so. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, I feel like the other half of Sheffield might have a field day on yeah. that. Uh, who else are we linked with Ben? Is the hotel going off? No. Well, uh, what the bloody hell's going on here? We've not no. been linked with a player in, in four days and, and, and all the rest of it. Uh, just before we go in the last five minutes, does anybody have any other business? Uh, we've got Rovers coming up, haven't we? Mm. Yeah, let's do the next game because I forgot that bit in the list that I've written <laughs> down and uh, I've absolutely skipped out the bit that uh, the bit where we preview the next game. I'll go. Um... Yeah, you go. <laughs> just, 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 I've just seen something about that silly sow. Go on. Nuggets on the um, on the face of it, his stats don't look great. However, when you look into it a bit more, twenty-two goals in sixty-five games, one every three. That's it's a good. It's a good Not that bad a record against so Dutch bad. goalkeepers. I've told you about Dutch goalkeepers. Yeah, so so I tell you what, Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna save this clip for when we go forward, and <laughs> uh, and you know it is, it is an absolute you know dropout of a signing, and we'll go. Dave called it. He's only been up against yeah. Dutch keepers, like you know yeah, what I mean. Absolutely. Right then, Steve, <laughs> tell us about Blackburn Rovers. Why? I don't know. Is that we're not playing them? Who did you say? Donny Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> you said Blackburn. I thought we're playing Blackburn. I, I trusted on that. Blackburn anymore. <laughs> well, I know. Did I, I thought, say I thought, Yeah, I thought. No, you. Steve I, said Rovers. Rovers. Oh, oh Bristol yeah, Rovers. Donny. We're playing Donny. Donny Rovers. <laughs> Jesus, no I can't. I've, I've been away from home far too long there. Because you said Rovers and I go to two other teams apart from bloody Doncaster. And when you said Rovers, I thought, I thought, I'm sure we haven't got Blackburn going on. I, I don't want to look like an idiot. So I'll just uh, I'll just go with it. And then... It, say, it, say Rovers. Tell us about Rovers. And I actually look like a bloody idiot uh, <laughs> by just not trusting me up. So uh, let's start again. So Steve, tell us about... Uh, not Blackburn, Bristol, but Doncaster Rovers. Darren Moore's ex-team going back there. He's going to come in for a, a bit of a hostile reception. What are you saying? Yeah, I, I think it's one of those where, um, based on what we've seen for the first two games, we've got to accept that we're, that our squad is still a work in progress. Um, as we've said earlier on tonight, you know, I don't think that the, the team that finishes the season isn't the team that started it. And I, I, I don't think the team that played on Saturday will be the team that we have uh, out in sort of four or five weeks so we've got to try and manage that sort of process of letting things settle our side but you know it's going to be interesting knowing that Rovers are coming down the road expecting this will be one of those cliched it's their cup final sort of weeks won't it that's just going to be sort of amplified by the fact that Darren Moore's um, obviously left them to come to us so it's they lost on Saturday at home to AFC Wimbledon I think it was Um I think it's going to be one of those where, you know, their tails will be up and it's going to be the sort of game where they're going to be sort of steamrolling steamrolling into every sort of challenge that they can. They're expecting to make a, um, to, to upset us on our own turf and we've got no rights to think where the sort of, you know, the Billy Big Spuds of, of League One sort of thing. So it's a, a potentially a tricky game. Um, but I think all things are going in the right direction at the moment. So I'm cautiously optimistic. They're all tricky games, though, aren't they, for us? We are the cup final of the uh, of a lot of teams. Um, you know, opening game of the season, Doncaster, and then Rotherham's coming up very soon. That, that's three games that we don't really know. We've not actually played football. You know what I mean? I want to play a team that we've got no affinity with whatsoever or isn't the opening game of the season, you know, like your Fleetwoods or or something, something like that. Eh? What are we going to choose? At home, I think, yeah. 
Uh, we've got we've got Fleetwood on a Tuesday night, so we'll, that might be the measuring stick. I, th I think that's it. I, th I think we need to uh, we need to reserve our judgment until we play the team like that. Um, Dave, what do you think? The Blackburn. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I can give you a preview of Blackburn Rovers if you want. Yeah, what, what's uh, well uh, since they're going to lose Armstrong to Southampton, I don't know how they're going to get on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I agree with with, with Stevie. I, I think that. We're still finding his feet. We're still working out his best um, players, best formation, who works well against each other. Um, I would probably think the best thing we can do is is stick as much with the team as we did uh, against Charlton against Donny. I don't think um, there's any great need for huge overhauls of players um, straight off the bat because um, you've got Bayer that's going to come in and, and Luongo, who are both on the bench, who are going to be wanting to get into centre mid. Um, options at central defence I think if Palmer's still there I think he still plays left back and I think Brown still plays left hand side of midfield you've got to try and look to see if you can cultivate partnerships either down the left or the right or through the middle so I think the starting 11 is going to be very similar um, I think we'd like um, I think it'd be good if you could see a few more of the players starting to come from the bench but it's got to really you've got to see how the game's going to pan out I don't think it'll be a classic I don't think uh, we'll be able to play the Football we're hoping to see Wednesday play because I just don't think Donny or Letters and that every game is uh, progress for how the team's gelling. But hopefully we'll we'll be able to see uh, a progression from the Charlton game. We'll be able to see perhaps some more opportunities uh, created. Hopefully we'll keep seeing the defence playing the way that they've set out so far. Um, and yeah, well, I, I I hope I don't necessarily expect, but I hope we'll get what we were hoping for at Charlton, which is a a, fought, a well fought out result and a win, um, if not a classic. Ben? Yeah, I, I think back five, you know, back four and goalkeeper, you keep the same. I think middle three, you keep same. I think the, the changes for me, obviously, I, 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 I don't think Patterson will, will play on Saturday just as a precaution. So, for me, I'd like to see Lee Gregory come in and... <laughs> I don't think Andrea Green's really warranted his place. He's the only other one that I'd, I'd pull out of the side. And I'd like to see the the lad from Wolves, Corby and you. I might have butchered that pronunciation. but I think it's pronounced Carboni. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> but he, he, he's probably the one that I'm most excited about seeing simply because of the reaction from Wolves fans when... when they've let him go. They all seem pretty disappointed about it. So he were on bench on Saturday's... I thought he might come on probably for Andrea Green. He brought Mark, we're forgetting about Marvin Johnson. He might very well go with Marvin Johnson on probably left side for me because he. Listen, Ben, we're not forgetting about it. We've just lost absolute track of who the bloody hell we've signed and where they play. Like, you know <laughs> I what I mean? forgot about him. That's why I forgot about him. Because um, he did all right when he come on. But he, if you go play him on right, right hand side, he's so. Dominant on the, on his left foot, he's got to be cutting in every every opportunity. So, for me, maybe take maybe take Brown out if you go fit them to win. But well, there's I, not I much tell you what, to change. We didn't speak much about uh, about uh, it was Green, wasn't it? Who had a bit of a stinker on the first game of the season. And uh, Steve, you were quite vocal about it on Twitter in terms of and then and in the group chat about um, about him being having a stinker. Was, do you reckon it was just a short-term form glitch? Do you believe he can come to the other side of it? Or were the other players so shite last year, we actually didn't realise how dreadful he actually was as a footballer? 
Um, or both. I I don't know. I, he's not. He didn't pull any trees up against Huddersfield for me, um, and I didn't see a great deal in terms of end product. He was getting he was getting the ball in areas on Saturday, and the the, the liking that I gave it was he was very much a Harris. You yep. know, he'd get the ball at his feet, he'd flatter to deceive, he'd get in, you know, a yard of space, and then you just wanted somebody to whip the ball in. Um, he couldn't beat the first man, and he just he just harked back to those sort of dark days of. You know the three months either side of Christmas where we we were putting Harris out because at the time we didn't have anybody else and we were just sort of hanging on the fact that we were hoping for big things because he'd shown us a little bit of promise. Um, I don't know whether he's going to get any better. I don't know if this is a form thing because I'm not seeing enough of him. But it just the, the, there's just a niggle in the back of my head now that makes me think he, he was released and was unattached for a period of time and there's probably a reason that he was released from Premier League. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And it's been unattached for a period of time, and this may be it. He he was the first person that came out and said, "I'm going to stay, even though we've gone down." Is he sitting there going, "I'm going to stay because I've got a club and I'm going to carry on"? I don't know. Um, I agree with Ben. I think in time, um, the, the, if they play Corbiano or Corbinu or Carboni or whatever his name is, he's he's going to be a player that I think uh, I'd like to think if he's come from Wolves. Um, We've obviously got the link with the manager who's who knows the club and, and by all accounts has, has, has sort of done us a favour there, which might be a, one of the reasons why um, he's come to us. But he's not going to come and sit on the bench, is he? If, if, if he's a 19-year-old uh, international that's wanting to get some game time, he could have gone to a championship club. And one or two of the other lads have said, we've had offers from the championship and come in. So I don't, either Moore's the biggest bullshitter in the world, which would be a problem, or he's got a plan to play Corbiano for a period of time. And I think whilst ever... He's getting up to speed with the, the the squad that we've got, and you know, getting their match fitness. And this would go for the likes of Gregory and Canberry and Johnson and any, anybody else. It's that cliche of the, you're you're in the shop window and the shirts your own. You've now got to go and keep it. Um, I haven't seen anything from Green that tells me that he's going to be starting a game in in six eight weeks time. Whereas we could argue that potentially. I think the back four is fine, as I said at the start of the show. Um, the goalkeeper looks steady away for me. Um, I like the look of Adoniran. I think he's going to get better. Um, and you know, when he settles, he he looks like he's going to be a tidy little player. Um, I'm, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but that optimism just means that I don't necessarily think that Green um, is the player that is you know is going to be holding down that first team spot. Absolutely. Right then, folks, that's us for an hour. Uh, don't forget to get in touch on at TWWcast. Uh, we're on Twitter, we're on all the socials, and sometimes we're on Instagram if Ben's not busy or summer. So uh, thanks a lot for joining us this evening, and uh, we'll see you next time. The Wednesday Week Podcast, a strictly unbiased view on Sheffield Wednesday. The world's greatest football club. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. 
it's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.